0: We're not going to put the break, an international break, here on the Owls Americas, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I have broken into my second and final crowler, which is a portmanteau of can and growler. It's a 36-ounce can of beer from Brewery Legitimus. I'm back on the 10.5% Imperial Stout called Lord Dobson. Uh, I can't really relate it to anything we're going to talk about, except to mention that Lord Dobson does rhyme with Sir Robson. And if we could get Sir Bobby Robson and his manager, the last uh, 72 hours or so might make a little bit more sense. But to help make sense of it with me. Also in New England. Sorry, New England owl. Justin Disorger. Justin, what are you drinking?
1: How are you, Jeff? Mm. Uh, Drinking... uh... Lamplighter Brewing Company in Cambridge, Mass. They're Werewolves of Cambridge. It's a 7.9% porter and uh, pretty good. It's getting to be that time of year. Is
0: that a, is that a subtweet of me because I had to ditch the Werewolves of London? Actually, it wasn't Werewolves of London. It was Lawyer's Guns and Money. I had to dump the Warren Zevon open from last week because no, I wasn't aware good of, wasn't aware of how uh, how far up in my range Warren Zevon actually sang. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear that. Or perhaps nobody wants to hear this podcast, but we're doing it anyway because some new shit has come to light. We will talk about the Millwall game, which is a thing that happened. Uh, But not the main news of the week, as Wednesday are once again looking for a new manager. As they have sacked Gary Monk. Again, like I said, I don't think you can separate the game from what happened after the game. But to talk a little bit about the game it was not a performance that you would assume would get the manager sacked
1: yeah it was interesting coming off of the win against Bournemouth you you really thought that they would maybe take it to Millwall um, but millwall was fairly stout and I, I thought we we did we played about as well as we have recently in terms I thought of, they, I thought they were know, a
0: little un- I don't want to say unlucky but I thought they were a little hard done not to get three points out of it
1: I don't think we had anybody that can finish. And I think we well, well, yes. talked about that the last couple so I we thought can, they created can move I thought the they
0: ball. actually I, created better chances. Like it was a lot of windass cutting in at like tough angles, but they were at least like kind of
1: creating chances on it. I, I thought I absolutely agree with that. I just every time it happened, you know, the person on the other end wasn't wasn't the guy to, to finish it or
0: you, I mean, know. Like you get, and we actually did You get eight half chances. That's like four goals, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I think our XG uh, kind of shows why. Oh, it was less, well less than one, but it shows the limitations of XG (laughs) where we had the service, just nobody who could finish it. The, the one thing I actually really liked from us. And again, we shouldn't get too into it because we're not going to be playing Gary Monk football anymore, which (laughs) a lot of people seem to like, but we, uh, we started to play the ball on the ground a little bit in the mm-hmm. second half after kind of bashing it around in the first. And I thought that's when we really took the game over and the introduction of Izzy Brown. It's really nice to see him. That's the first time since he's been back. I think he's hes looked, he showed his class. Well, that, I hope he, he likes
0: standing 20 time. yards off the striker as the ball <laughs> flies over his head.
1: <laughs> oh, brutal. But yeah, no, yeah, Jeff, you're perfect, perfect way to get into it, Ed.
0: Well, I do want to back up. I don't think anybody thought
1: Monk was going to go.
0: Right. So, I mean, let's just review the previous week of Sheffield Wednesday football. They beat Burnmouth at midweek. Shortly after that, it was announced that their 12-point deduction was halved to six points. They drew against Millwall to get off the bottom in what was one of the better recent performances. Oh, by the way, before that happened... The chairman called a press conference specifically to back the squad and the manager, uh, which, since we have an all-American podcast this week, Justin will know what I'm talking about when I say the, it's the uh, dreaded vote of confidence, which is a common thing in American football, where you back your uh, coach right before you fire him after the next bad result. But I wasn't in a bad result. My question would be, you could have made a move last summer or over the last summer over the break between seasons if you if you wanted a real fireman to try to keep you up with the 12 point deduction looming you chose to stick with gary monk i still have no fucking idea what our transfer policy is but you would assume gary monk brought in a lot of these players they brought in a lot of players The early results were not great. And like, look, if you had fired him, I think we said on the show, if you had fired him off three straight losses to Luton, Rotherham, and Wickham, I don't think any of us could have batted an eye. But my point would be, they're sitting in better shape now than they were at this time last week. The squad seems to be playing better. They're getting healthier, which I think is a large part of it. why are you like they're not getting like you're not bringing someone in that's going to make a promotion push at this point they're just too far off of it so if gary monk was the fireman of choice two months ago why is why are we moving on now after he just got his whole coaching squad in
1: (laughs) that is the question
0: right the Um, process here just seems ludicrous like look you can look at the results and it's whatever it's what is it it's like 11 points from nine games or something. It's, it's not great form, but I just, I'm just i just wondering what's changed. And it's not a situation, it's clearly not a situation where you decided to make this move two weeks ago, we're lighting the person up because of the bad run of results. And now we're bringing someone in over the international break and just announcing it. Cause it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. If it is, they're hiding it really well
1: there'd be no need to wait right Mm -hmm. you're right if they had this planned after a week and a half ago or after the wickham game if they said that's it let's turn the plan machine on monk's gone let's get somebody new they would have named that person already Mm -hmm. um i i think that they i think that wickham forced the conversation to occur and whoever is making decisions (laughs) uh decided that that was you know that was it, and and they were going to need to, regardless of the results against Bournemouth and Millwall, they were going to start to, at that point, turn the replace Monk machine right, on. Right, because you targeted the national break,
0: the extra week, and everything else. Perfect
1: timing, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I, it was, uh, this club is such a goddamn roller coaster. It's Just, <laughs> it's staggering.
0: The to, Owler coaster.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it just, it's, it blows you away. Mm -hmm. You know, with Monk, I, I at no point this year felt that we were going to be relegated, Mm -hmm. but we talked, uh, you know, after the, after the Wickham game, that uh, that was the first time, or the Rotherham game is the first time, but after the Wickham game, suddenly that was a reality to me. You know, I, there's so many bad teams in this division. We have enough talent on the squad and I, I still think we would have stayed up if we had kept Gary Monk, to be honest. Um, It might not have been pretty. um, But I think uh, Chancery decided he wanted to take absolutely no chances. And, you know, as we'll talk about later, he's perhaps bringing in.
0: Go ahead. (laughs) But if you take like. Then announce, like, if you're not taking any chances, you should know exactly what the play is correct exactly this should this should have been a seamless transition like yeah you want to give it 24 or 48 hours just for appearances sake fine I, it, it seems like he
1: didn't before right
0: i mean luikai th- the rumor was that luikai was lined up before that she got rid right. of carlos but carlos was actually looking for a you know a way out as well i don't know the actual details there um you know obviously monk was hired under rather unusual circumstances because of steve bruce leaving Bruce was hired under rather unusual circumstances because he wanted to go watch the cricket for a month. (laughs) So it is kind of hard to look over the series of managerial hires and and come to sort of like a a pattern. And there's no patterns anyway because the club is a gigantic mess. But to bring it on to what it sounds like it's going to be, which is Tony Pulis. (laughs) And look, I have a deep affection for Tony Pulis I appreciate his existence. I always enjoyed Stoke beating like man. You won nothing on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. I don't know if I want to managing my favorite team.
1: Uh, not, not at the point we're at right now. And also you should need seen... to make this
0: plan in the summer and keep new hue around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that, that would have worked. Um, I mean, here's the thing with Tony Pulis. Uh, he has a proven track record of success consistently over, we're talking decades. Yes. You, t- t- Tony Pulis was uh, third division manager of the season. He was the manager of his entire league in 1996. So he was the manager of, hold on, he was the God. manager of the first division. Yes. The Premier League in two thousand fourteen. He has kept up so many teams. He invented, as you as you just pointed out, he invented the cold Tuesday night in Stoke, away at Stoke, right? Uh he was good at West Brom. Like it's I don't want to see it either, but if this is and the rumors are that it is a short term till the end of the season replacement for Davon Chancery feels that this maneuver will guarantee them staying in this division so they can then implement a long-term plan, then I don't mind this. It's not going to be fun to watch.
0: No. I mean, they haven't been fun to watch generally anyway. So, so, right. Different kind of not fun to watch.
1: (laughs) Well, at least it won't be weekend ruining
0: I mean, the nice thing, we might get a better selection of uh, hat options in the team store, at least. I've been looking (laughs) for some new Sheffield Wednesday caps, so... Yeah. I had an old, uh, very, like, navy, with the old badge, like, dad cap that I completely wore out in the early 2010s. Ended up playing poker next to a Liverpool player. Or Liverpool fan, I should say. In... Las Vegas, like almost 10 years ago, that like he was in town for a boxing match. I don't remember what it was. It was Manny Pacquiao against some British guy. Hatton,
1: I think that was what I was probably. Ricky Hatton.
0: Ricky Hatton, yeah. only
1: one. Ricky Hatton.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got so to remember him. We talked. Uh, I just remember this because I made like $500 playing Pi Gao that night. So it sticks in my memory. <laughs> but yeah, like more more cap options will be good. Um, this is my fault because I said, I wish they played like four, four, two and did the simple things. Well, Well, guess (laughs) fucking what, uh, there's the idea that he will, he'll get them. He'll drill them. He'll get them organized. And here's the thing. Like, as we've seen, it's a very crowded fixture schedule. You know, teams are going to be like Millwall was sloppy in possession. Like they did not look great. I just... thought
1: they were good defensively keeping yes. their shape, but, but offensively it was... Yes. Ugh.
0: If you could do the simple things well, you'll win enough games to stay up this year, basically. Sure, right. fine. Like, look, will it be as fun as Sven Goran Erickson? No, it will not. Bring me Sven.
1: No, it will definitely be better than Saul Campbell or Phil Neville. It will definitely be better than uh, Saul or, uh, Phil Neville. But Saul Campbell, I don't I, mean, listen, I, I feel I, like Saul
0: Campbell gets slightly a bad rap.
1: Well, he went to a shitty team and then they were shitty. Mm. And that's what his managerial career has consisted of.
0: No, I understand.
1: He that, may but, be good, but... Ryan Lowe is the
0: interesting so, one
1: to me. But he, he, that, Here's what you do. He, if this is the plan, and again, with Dave von Chancery, we don't know. James had a excellent rant about it last week. I really... You know, really sunk in. But if we have Tony Pulis to get us through this year with something lined up to bring in Ryan Lowe. Ryan Lowe is my age, right? He's like a couple years, a year younger than me, maybe. He has talked about his influences in football being guys like Jurgen Klopp and (laughs) Pep Guardiola and that. He took Berry up. He took... Plymouth, Plymouth or Portsmouth.
0: Yeah. Plymouth.
1: Plymouth. He took Plymouth up. Uh, he's seems to be exactly what a club like Wednesday should have: a young, uh, dynamic, uh, plays a modern game manager.
0: But it's notable they never but, have made that hire.
1: No, and that's. I mean, what what was Carlos? felt a little inspired even looking extent, back yeah. at it you know um the luakai was i mean jesus but you know, was, you know the carlos and
0: monk are both you know championship level man- managers of a certain quality
1: and not, they're not bad well, that's, manager, what tony it, P- that's what tony pulis is yeah. he, he might even be yeah. a, a little, little bad, better than that yeah. but he's not you know he's not he's not doing anything special
0: uh, i always feel like the risk with that is um you do wonder, like, there's a shelf life for managers. And if you're getting Pulis at the wrong point in his career, you know, is he going to be in Cyprus in a couple of years with Dick McCarthy? Like, it, you just never know. Um, but again, I think he is enough to keep them up. And if it is a short term thing, then so be it, I guess. Enjoy the long ball.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know who else.
0: Barry Bannon's going uh, to was- love it. Barry Bannon and like Van Aken just firing diagonals.
1: <laughs> well, it's probably not worth going into, um, right now. Cause we don't know that Tony Pulis is going to be the yeah. manager though. So it's looking pretty good, but that definitely had me thinking about our squad and who would, uh, be successful adjusting to, to a different system. And Van Aken was a guy that I think would be in trouble. Um, i, I don't
0: two at the back probably or four at the i back don't probably. yeah i
1: don't like him in the middle and well here's the thing pulis doesn't he always use uh he always uses center backs as mm. as cornerbacks anyway so mm. maybe you have van Aiken out as a left back who just <laughs> you know that's what he does but you know i i like him on the left side of a back three which not to throw back to the last game but why the hell is he playing on the right side
0: yeah. I mean, areor is actually playing right back in this system <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. or is he not a center back? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. It just, I I think the issue is, is there going to be a plan in place? Cause my God, at this point, I need say to say it's be. for five years now. So yeah,
0: I guess the uh, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, but <laughs> I need some absinthe after thinking about this too hard. So, uh, all right, let's take a break and then we'll uh, cover the Wednesday news because there's other news, technically speaking. I realized before we get into the Wednesday news, and there really isn't any Wednesday news we did fail to talk about Justin. Uh, Gary Monk released a statement in all of this saying that he was besting his markers for his time at Sheffield Wednesday.
1: Uh, it just, I
0: might've phrased that a little it, differently, but
1: yeah, no, the whole, the whole scene was weird. The The rumor was that he just disappeared and never even reached out to the team. Supposedly Beatty. uh, shot a WhatsApp to that's everybody hard. and that's then hard. two everybody of them.
0: Out things, yeah.
1: yeah, Two of them ditched the uh group. And I, I, I can see Monk being shocked and, and bitter a little bit. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, but you still you still talk to your team. You still tell yeah. your team. That's not that's not a thing. So but that's kind of rumor. We'll leave that out. But yeah the statement that's released was was enough to make me think that that uh perhaps he Majored in English in college and is such a mm-hmm. talented and beautiful writer able to grasp the soul and its purpose. So, yeah, his PR team spat out a, a really nice thank you, um, which seemed to really quell the Wednesday faithful. <laughs> Made me wonder how many people uh, have half a brain to, you know, suddenly after all this to turn around and say, oh, hey, class act, Gary, you know, we'll, Good luck in the future, you know, when they were calling for his head uh, two days ago.
0: And that's the as I said, the Owler coaster.
1: <laughs> I don't want to ride the fucking Owler coaster, Jeff. Well, I wanna uh... nice fucking smooth train <laughs> ride. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't like Look, did I did I think that Gary Monk was the man to lead the club to the Premier League and their rightful place among the elite clubs in English football? No. But I do feel like there's more of a pattern with the way we've dealt with managers recently that probably speaks to, again, a general lack of process here. Yeah, some of it's been out of the club's control like steve bruce but and i don't know i can't so here's the thing if you want to put in justin suggests we put a bow on the gary monk era and when we were talking off air between segments i just like I, I can't i can't muster up a lot of energy one way or the other about gary monk and i think yeah. that's an accurate <laughs> reflection of the gary monk era at wednesday
1: yeah, I you know, he I I've said it on here. I always was kind of a, a fan, not that I agree with you, I didn't necessarily think he'd be the guy to take us up, but I thought that there could be a chance if things went well. Um you know, I think he's got some things going against him. Uh I think the fact that he's not a yeller and a screamer, people you know, people really seem to like coaches. I mean who the yell main thing going
0: against him is he took a job at Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs>
1: yeah well and that he keeps picking bad situations Mm -hmm. when he he took the job at leeds they were a fucking disaster west brom was an absolute disaster wednesday was an absolute (laughs) disaster but you know at a certain point with gary monk the the common denominator is that gary monk keeps getting fired for not getting the job done and the common denominator there is gary monk and you know, I
0: and look the, I know
1: I'm in the well, go
0: ahead. The championship is a, like a shit league because <laughs> it's true. It's the most yeah. short-termism league you'll find in a lot of ways, even more so than the Premier League in, in some instances.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious to see numbers on that. I I think it might be Well, I think sun.
0: that I think there's the idea that if you get from like Sean Dyche has gone up and down with Burnley. Like there'll be an opportunity. Like Eddie Howe didn't end up doing that, but I think if Eddie Howe wanted to stay, they probably would have stayed.
1: Daniel Farco will probably do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, So there's this idea that if you, you know, if you are a bit of a yo-yo club, you might be able to be able to stick around, but the championship. It's, it's because of that sort of pie in the sky, premier league prize, you know, going back to, Wednesday's Wembley Day. It was billed as the 180 million pound match or whatever, because the Premier League had just signed a new. Two thirty now or well, something. To, yeah, had <laughs> just signed a new TV deal, and you know, every owner, and it's not just Chancery, you know Every owner of a of a championship club is looking at the financial windfall of it. Just being a yo-yo club is great. And you talk about West Brom, like West Brom's in way better shape than you know Middlesbrough has been up more recently there's the clubs that whether it's parachute payments or the the residuals from the one or two years you spend up there and the tv deal i can fund or even
1: just the recognition as a club where right yeah yeah. you have made fans who are going to buy your i follow and, Mm -hmm. and your shirts and and all that nonsense
0: no, that that matters it is it is a global reach in the way that the uh again the lovely I follow broadcast with radio Sheffield cutting into the Doncaster game <laughs> every five minutes doesn't quite grant you so
1: Doncaster Don is not a global reach
0: <laughs> there is this idea that you need to do whatever it takes to get up and i and I've said this before on the show in some ways the worst thing that happened in the chancery era was them getting to wembley immediately that first year
1: unless they had gone up
0: unless they'd gone up <laughs> they didn't go, they didn't go up <laughs> it's
1: a can of worms about to open jeff because i think it changed on a while
0: because you can actually see a significant change in the transfer policy after that and i think some of that was due to the the sort of team that chancery had put in place initially leaving and you know i mean you can read it as chancery thinking he knew how to run a football club at that point you can just read into it as the normal uh normal attrition in high-level football clubs but the reality is we went from trying to find the the barry bannons and the fernando forestieres and the ross wallaces to you know overpaying for and abdi and jordan rhodes and you know trying to find that one i guess it, it there's anyway you had to find that one final piece that puts you over the top that doesn't always work in soccer the same way it might work in other sports
1: it's tough with 11 guys you're right, the right. Amount so you, could, that you can impact is there i mean like, some, some of those worked out stephen fletcher was that deal mm-hmm. I think he worked out over the course of his contract. Yeah. You know, and I would argue Forestieri ended up being the wrong signing based on how his whole time went up. But you, you know what I think is really interesting about what you bring up with that Wembley moment being the turning point and some change is for me, that's always been the turning point on a sort of emotional, spiritual level mm-hmm. where the scenes of Sheffield Wednesday supporters dominating London the whole fucking weekend. We I the, back, so the, the, whole, the whole weekend.
0: The but, second, so, the, the celebrations after the second leg in Brighton.
1: No, see, you know what it was? It was the celebrations after losing to Hull. Mm. And the 40,000, 42,000 people still in the stadium, standing and singing, and the team, Carlos crying, everybody applauding and appreciating and there was not a single sheffield wednesday fan in the world that didn't feel uh like they were together all whatever however many of us there are out there that was a unifying and really nice moment and any and all unity we have had since then went downhill pretty quickly with the expectation the following year that we needed to go up and the football needed to be beautiful. And I, you know, I think the fan base to me has felt very fractured since that moment. And that really fucking bums me out. <laughs> and I know I'm just a happy clapper, uh, but man, this is supposed to be fun and we want it to be happy. And if, if it doesn't go right, you know it can ruin your weekend, but mm. I, I'm looking forward to something happening to get all of us headed, pointed back in the same direction. I'm not sure Tony Beulis. I was here. gonna say we're all gonna be pointed <laughs> in the same direction. Our <laughs> heads are gonna be looking
0: up as the ball flies uh, <laughs> out of range of the eye follow cameras.
1: Right? Well, let's all, whoever it is, let's, Justin, let's
0: I, I have good news for you. If rooting for Sheffield Wednesday over the last however many years hasn't. Uh, Hasn't filled your life with joy. There is the option now to root for Scotland going for their first uh, major tournament appearance in over twenty years. Because that that won't end in tears.
1: Uh, no, I mean you know it's a, a game like Scotland Serbia from the little bit that I know. You got you're right. You got to think Serbia is probably the favorite there, but it's one Scotland's game. One
0: bitten. game final. Anything right. can happen.
1: And they've been scrappy. They they are on one of their longest uh, either winning or non-losing streaks in <laughs> a long, long time. And I, it's it's not the prettiest football, but um, I own a uh, very old and hideously ugly Scotland shirt. I believe it was a 1989 – no, a 1991 European Championship qualifier. It mm. is uh, – It's a generous, to be generous, I would call it salmon, but it really (laughs) tends towards pink with some blue uh, shoulder pads on it. A friend of mine brought it back from Scotland uh, from the discount bin. Uh, So, and I have enough Scottish heritage that I'll throw that shirt on when when a game comes on. Wednesday's always had the connection. So, I mean, we are mentioning this because
0: Liam Polymer and Callum Patterson were both selected for the
1: squad. I mean that's a good thing, right?
0: Right. I don't know if either of them will start. Probably not.
1: Palmer's so, been getting some uh time. Yeah,
0: I think but... it's time. Here, here's 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 the thing you want if you're a, if you're a Scotland fan. The Scotland forwards in the squad combi- have combined for eight international goals.
1: Oh. Break it down.
0: So uh-huh. Oliver Burke. He's a blade we don't care about that but he has one uh <laughs> lyndon dykes the best whom i like the best goals to caps ratio that's uh two goals in five games uh lee, uh, Griffi- lee griffins of course Ali mcburney again a blade we don't care hasn't actually scored <laughs> callum patterson Good. also hasn't actually scored uh, and Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Shankland of Dundee United. I have no idea who this is, but he has one goal in uh, three appearances, which would make him uh, second on a goal-to-game yeah, ratio. Uh,
1: where, where is Dykes? I'm totally blanking. We saw him recently, right? Uh, QPR, QPR. Oh, he's a QPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So the, the goal-scoring leader in this squad is uh, John McGinn. Seven goals uh, in 26 appearances for Scotland. Yeah, So good it's quite him. the... This might be a nil-nil on penalties.
1: <laughs> I think so. They've had a few of those. Mm.
0: That's all you have for. I mean, it's, you know... I mean, Steve Clark's a pretty good manager. It's not like...
1: Well, I said they're on a great run. I mean, if yeah. you want to look now at their their fixtures. This is one of their best runs they've had in years. And it's not, I mean, it's not pretty football, but it's making it simple and, you know, keeping things, you know, compact and taking advantage when you can set pieces and, and doing the job. And, you know, for a country like Scotland to get into the Euros at this point, sadly, um, but that's, you know, that's, That'd be really nice. It'd be good for them. So you're gonna watch that?
0: That is Thursday at two forty-five Eastern Standard Time. I assume it's on ESPN Plus because everything's uh, on ESPN Plus.
1: Yeah, it could be. There's uh, the service I use, who sort of remain nameless, no free mm. ads. Is uh, I get a lot of the Spanish uh, channels will yeah. end up uh, covering basically everything. So, and I'd probably rather listen to a game in Spanish anyway. It's a little sure. more, I don't speak, a, I don't speak a word, but you, you feel the emotion, you feel the vibe. I mean, it's difficult
0: to understand the Scots too, to be fair. So
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, I, I want to, uh, if there's nothing else, I want to tell her. Well,
0: I was going to say, is there any story. other business so you can do it? Your own. Yeah. If there real, is real other business. Story.
1: So, uh, last week there was a bit of a minor discussion about the size of the club based on a Chan on series. And I maintained then and I maintain now, and you made a kind of snide remark earlier, but I, I feel the truth behind your statement that I think Wednesday is a club who should be in the top flight of football in England. Um, and when I was talking to my wife this afternoon, uh, she asked what I was doing this evening and I had uh Hockey practice, and I said, and I, I think we're gonna podcast tonight. And she said, Oh. And I said, it's Been a pretty big week. Wednesday fired their manager. And my wife, who uh, is actually a, a big sports fan, a great athlete, former Division One athlete, uh, and and really knows her stuff, but knows nothing about nor cares anything about football. Um, when I said Wednesday's manager got fired, she said, Oh yeah, I heard. And I thought to myself, well, how in the fuck did you hear about Gary Monk getting fired? It turns out on uh, some social media platform. Um, I'm leaning towards guessing the one that started out based on using pictures and photographs. (laughs) Um, She follows, uh, you know, either the BBC or less likely something like Sky Sports and saw it pop up. So, damn it. We're such a big club, even my wife knows about uh, Gary Monk getting fired. That's how big we are. Wouldn't have happened if it happened to Chris Wilder. Mm. She never would have seen it.
0: You've been listening to episode 113 of the Owls of cast. I, I see, like, I, the problem with pulling up again after I've had a 10.5% scout. Stout. Stout? Not scout. Ah. Uh. I realized that James had a little fun with last week's agenda. But whatever. We're still looking for season sponsors. <laughs> um, again, if you're if you're a hat company, especially one that perhaps makes, uh, what is colloquial known as, colloquially known as dad hats, now might be a good time. And you can get in contact with us at com or email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are my fellow Wednesday Reverend at the Bakers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no, long, there's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, do you think the Brits will ever let us do an all American show again after this train wreck?
1: No, and I meant to uh, I meant to mention that earlier. Drop uh, drop in an all American edition. So mm. enjoyable. Thanks, bud.
0: Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternastro. and I'm sure one of if not both of Patty and James. Go well, mercifully. Maybe even are... Paul Owen. Yeah, we're trying to get Paul back. He's not he's not feeling it. But some Mom combination home. of expats and Americans will be here next week.